What's going on, party people? I am Edgar Otra Vez, and I am bringing you another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. And my co-hosts today are not my cousin Dan and cousin Primo, and we're going to be talking about the Matrix franchise. Now, if you're new to the show and you want to find out more, head on over to our website, theflowroadpodcast.com, where you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can find plenty of our merchandise. When The Matrix first came out in 1999, it had such a cultural influence. I want to say not just in the United States, but maybe even the world. I, for one, can't wait to see Matrix Resurrections. So buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. So here, let's get this party started. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Edgar Otra Vez, and today on the show I have my co-host Primo. Primo. And what's up, not, brother? What's up, bro? And not my cousin Dan. Dobranos, cabrones. What's up, cabrones? I wonder how many people that turns off. I don't know. How many, but, how many people like tune into episodes of the flow roll and the moment they hear me say Dobranos Cabrones, they're like, well, I'm out of this shit. Well, it's funny no. that you say that because <laughs> like I could see like the, the first minute drop offs and some of the uh, <laughs> yeah. some of the things I use. And, and you could tell like like 50% of the motherfuckers who tune in are gone by the time we stop talking. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that's the moment. Yeah. They get they get to Dabron, Dabronos, Cabrones and they're like, well, fuck this guy. Well, <laughs> you know how I used to have I used to have that beginning intro a little longer. Yeah. yeah. And I shortened it because of that. <laughs> they, they wouldn't make it past the intro. <laughs> So I was like, fuck this. They don't want to listen to me talk. They just want the podcast. <laughs> give them the podcast. They can hear about the news, uh, all the all the advertising someplace else. <laughs> you know, we say, if we say they cut out through the middle, that means it's in your face of commercial. No, 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 no. They cut out within the first minute. Yeah. Of, like, of you hearing tell, us? Of, no, of hearing me, man. Not even. It doesn't wow. even get to you guys. Because, oh, like, damn. the first minute or two is just intro. Man, so I mean, I'm not worried about it because 50% of the motherfuckers that we're gonna lose, they're already gone by now. So none of this shit matters to 50% of the people who tuned in. But uh, years years ago, years ago now, long time ago, I used to do a podcast. I did this, I did my own podcast, you know, I recorded it, I put it out, called it Dead Air. (laughs) <laughs> and and the whole concept of the podcast was I, I would basically look at who was doing WTF, Mark Maron's podcast. I would basically look at who's doing WTF, and then I'd look at who's doing Joe Rogan, and then I would script out a conversation that I was having with that person, but they wouldn't actually be there. So it would be like I'd ask a question. And then I just sit there for like 30 seconds with dead air. Like, uh huh. Oh, okay. Like I was having a conversation <laughs> with them, but they weren't actually there. Yeah. I, pro- I think I did like 40 episodes of that podcast. Wow. I, really? Before I got to the point. And it's like, people were listening. That's the thing. Like people were listening, but it's uh, like, like I would do like I, I think I did like 40 episodes of it. And I got to the point where it's like, Jesus Christ, this is so much fucking work, <laughs> especially, <Yeah. laughs> especially back then. Like it was a lot harder 
to like record and produce and pretend like like you knew how to make things sound professional and whatnot you know uh it was a lot harder the editing of it the putting it all together was a, it was a lot harder it took a lot more time and so like by the time i got to the last episode i was like fuck this <laughs> i cannot spend you know like 20 to 25 hours a week putting out like a, an episode and a half a week i can't do yeah. this anymore you it know? takes it takes about 10 hours to do to, a single episode to do yep. one episode that includes everything editing yeah. yep um uh fixing the podcast producing yeah. all the all, all the produ the production stuff for just the the, the sound yeah that takes anywhere it depends on on the length of the podcast but anywhere between yep. two to four hours yeah right. usually not four hours usually about three um but then the actual like but everything else that goes with it placing it on the website uh, oh, it's, it's a ton of fucking work, dude. A lot of fucking work. I try to minimize the artwork, try to get stuff done real fast. And it's it's just a shit ton of work, man. Yeah. Shit ton of work. Yeah. But anyway, on with the subject of the of today's podcast, uh, we are going to be doing the Matrix trilogy movies. Oh, or shit. I had taken all these notes on Henry Kissinger and the Cuban Missile Crisis. And now we're going to be talking <laughs> about the Matrix. I don't know what the fuck with- I'm talking about. Uh, we, I mean, it's all right. We never know what we're talking about. So <laughs> that's what like, makes the show special. That's right. <laughs> but a bunch of dummies who don't know what they're saying. Exactly. Um, so we're going to be doing, uh, matrix one, or, or just the matrix matrix, uh, the second matrix, which is matrix reloaded and matrix revolutions, which is, uh, the third and, and final or the last installment uh, the latest installment, Matrix Four, which is uh, Matrix Resurrections, is coming out soon. I believe. What is it? The twenty second in December. Yes. Oh, the twenty second yep. of December. December twenty second in theaters only. Only. Can't wait for that. But anyway, so uh, I'm a huge fan of the Matrix. Uh, when I first saw it, I thought it was awesome. What were your? Yeah. What was your so, first what was your first impression guys? The original the original Matrix was 1999 uh, 1997 Yeah, something like that. Yes, I was Yeah. still in college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was in college. Um and what I remember most about the original Matrix was that it brought Wuxia to Hollywood. Yeah. That's the movie that really introduced Western audiences in a mainstream way to wire foo. And I mean, Wu Ping was the, the, uh, the action director, the, the combat, whatever the word is, the coordinator, stunt coordinator, whatever it is. And, you know, Wu Ping is the most prolific wuxia, uh, stunt coordinator in the history of wuxia films, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I was just a huge deal for me because I was that kind of nerd I was, you know, like I liked Kung Fu movies. I loved them. Yeah. And I, like I knew about them and I knew about Hong Kong cinema and John Woo, uh, who's not wuxia, but like Hong Kong cinema, John Woo heavily leveraged like wire wire work, even if he wasn't doing Kung Fu movies, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and so this movie comes out and it's like, wait a second, this is like a mainstream Hollywood flick that's, you know, like big stars, you know, Keanu Reeves. Uh, it was also it, it wasn't the Wachowski's first movie. No, it was, but not. it was their first like big blockbuster movie. That's right. Uh, right. It's funny that you bring that up because before they were allowed to make this movie, they brought this script to uh, WB and was like, we have this script. We want to make this movie. And they're like, this is fantastic. And then they were like, you can't make this movie. You got to give it to somebody else. <laughs> it was just it's just like the same story as Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, so- the, the, the 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 studio is like, this is going to fail, you know. Yeah. And wrong at every step, you know, exactly. And it wasn't that they didn't have faith in the script. It's just that they didn't have faith in the Wachowski brothers, then sisters now um, that they would be able to produce a good film. So what they ended yep. up doing was they wouldn't let go of the script, They, which is amazing that they were able to stick to their guns. Somehow they managed to not only stick to their guns and keep the film, but then uh, because of that, WB asked them to make a, a, a movie first. Yeah, and that was that other movie. I, I can't remember the name of the movie right now. Uh, I'll look it up. But uh, and that's what that's how they got that other movie done. And it it was they respected that movie enough to say, OK, fine, go ahead and release this movie, The Matrix. And then when The Matrix uh, one came out, it was really kind of I don't know what it was. It was a sleeper hit because nobody really went to see it the first week. It was one of those movies that see, just, I don't remember it that way. I remember it being a friggin' bombshell. I remember it being a bombshell like the second, third week, like in the theaters. It was not a hit. It was a sleeper hit. And it just got bigger. And that's why. So the movies they made before this were Assassins and Bound. Bound is the one and, that they asked them to and, make. And Bound was the movie that that basically gave them gave them a career. Yes, uh, because it, it wasn't like a huge blockbuster success, but it was a massive indie hit. You know, it was it was. Uh, like outperformed all the expectations, and it's a. If you watch it, I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it. I, mm-hmm. Like it is a much like all of the Wachowski movies. It has some pretty power, powerful sexual overtones. Uh, <laughs> but but the is a super complex kind of film noir, sort of like modern film noir crime tale. And it's really, really good. And and actually, what what's astounding about it is it like I don't think you would watch that movie, and then you'd go watch The Matrix and be like, oh yeah, it's clearly the same directors, you know? Yeah, Bond well, was very, very different. Well, I got I got something I want to talk about that. I'll, we'll talk about like rumors and stuff later. But um, cousin Primo, what did you think of The Matrix when it first came out? Like you said, it was a sleeper. I really didn't want to go see it until after like a month. Mm. After everyone was ranting and raving about it. Oh, it's the best martial arts movie out there. This and that. My buddy was like, I'll see you. You love Kung Fu. Because you need to you need to watch this movie. 
you know? And I was like, okay. So we actually went to go see it. And it was like, wow. I was like, damn. That's when they first introduced also um, what they call it. Um, bullet, bullet speed. Bullet time. Oh, yeah. Bullet time. Bullet time. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. That is another thing about and, the Matrix movies that they kind of uh, implemented all this new technology to mm-hmm. create some of the visuals that they use in yeah. the movies. Yeah, it's a landmark movie in that regards. And there are like these landmark movies in the progression of, of special effects. Right. Star Wars, the original Star Wars, A New Hope is one of them. You know, Jaws actually before that was was a landmark movie in the the progress of special effects. You got stuff like Tron that changed the game in in terms of computer generated Visuals. effects you know yeah mm-hmm. and you, so like you move through there's like this timeline of movies and the matrix is the movie that forced certain advancements in cgi yes mm-hmm. yes i think it was one of the biggest it made some of the biggest leaps in that regard and that's one of the reasons why the second matrix the uh reloaded mm-hmm. was kind of a disappointment because the the CGI and, and I mean this isn't just me speaking. This is like the feedback at the time, the critical reviews at the time. Like the CGI in that movie, like looked bad. It's you know. Um, so I have a few thoughts uh, about the CGI. Mostly that in the first movie, it was a small movie, right? The world was small. Yeah, yeah right. You know, and it in because of it it was kind of less aware of itself you know what i'm saying like it's maybe well and it's they they made a big i almost feel like it's an error on their part of having most you know the first movie set in chicago which was also one of the reasons why i think i was like I, i this is a movie i saw opening weekend yeah uh, you know and so i'm kind of surprised the way that you guys talk about it like it being this sleeper that like nobody knew about and i mean that may have been the case it's just I w- i'm a very specific kind of nerd mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but but like i knew about this movie well in advance just because it was like Wu ping and and we're doing we're doing wire work and uh, uh and it's some kind of weird like ai fantasy kind of thing like and it's set in Chicago. It's I, set in my stomping grounds. Like it was like, okay, I, I have to see this movie. So I went to see it opening weekend, you know? And and the point I guess I'm trying to get to is when they leapt from the first one, uh, was it the first one or the second one? And then the second one, there was a lot of like the the exterior, the the action shots inside the matrix were all in LA. Like they were on the mm-hmm. L.A. freeway, you know, right. And. I'm sure that's a decision that was made specifically around, you know, we can shoot these scenes in L.A. It's actually cheaper because it's right in the background. They're going to be expensive scenes to shoot anyway. If we can do them w- within the confines of the studio or using the studio to get, you know, certain areas of highway or whatever, you know, it's probably much more budget efficient to shoot it that way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
but you lost a lot of that gothic ambiance that you get from it being set in Chicago in the first one. You know, I, I right. agree. There's some, uh, there is some, there's a big, there's like a big production jump and just not only yep. the visuals, but also like the way things look, it was a little messier in the first one. Like there are some scenes, like for example, in the club, it's not, it's not a super clean look. Some of these, some of these places had, right. Um, right. There's a couple, there's a couple of reasons for that. First off, they actually shot, I believe, in Vancouver or somewhere in Canada. None of those scenes were actually in Chicago, of course. They're Chicagoans, the Wachowskis. Right. And I think, I believe they actually went to Columbia College, which is the college yeah. I went to. Mm -hmm. But they did not finish. With that said, like, um, that the all the visuals come from someplace in Canada in the first movie. In the second movie and the third movie, you're right. They did all that stuff on sets or in LA, right. but the specifically just to kind of um, there's some set pieces that they built completely uh, out in like uh, in the middle of the desert, like that highway scene that right. that, but you can do that in California. You know, I believe that's it actually right. in Nevada or Vegas or someplace. Yeah. They yeah. built a whole freeway just yeah. for that, for, for one of those scenes, that big, yep. Uh, highway scene. I think it's. I, b I believe it's in right Reloaded. with the semi truck. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That scene, that entire freeway was, was built, built just for that. Yeah, just for that scene. Yep. Imagine how much fucking money they spent, fucking doing that. Right, and you know, there's a reason that they do that because, believe it or not, you know, God bless capitalism. It's <laughs> it's cheaper. <laughs> to do that than it is to say, hey, can we shut down the Amstutz Expressway in Waukegan for a couple of days and do some shooting? Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually cheaper to go out into the middle of the desert and build a fake highway. That wow. and way more convenient. You can coordinate all the things right. that are. Yeah. You don't have to worry you. about like airspace. You don't have to get permits, mm -hmm. you know, it's crazy, too, because they built all that and then they broke it down and then they destroyed it. Yeah. 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 It, it's the kind of thing that sometimes makes me not want to go see movies, to be honest. It's the, kind, it's the kind of thing that's like, this is like the most wasteful, capricious industry yeah. in the entire history of humankind. But I fucking love movies. Yeah, you know, I love I love, I love <laughs> movies and I love these movies. And I, I, I don't know if they like threw away the rubble. I think they actually used the the left the, the rubble or the the concrete that was left over. They used it to like build stuff for the homeless. But I'm not I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there. But um, I hope so. I hope, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh i mean there's some fantastic characters so let's go down some of the some of the characters so uh we all know neo uh the letters neo kind of you know flip around is the one right and he's right. the jesus christ figure oh well, you know what before we start i wanted to talk about one big rumor that is that has circled the matrix and primo do you you wouldn't happen to know what i'm talking about would you no i wouldn't know <laughs> as soon as you say it he's gonna be like oh yeah that 
Pretty much. <laughs> well, okay, so here's here's the the rumor. I don't know if it's a story. Um, okay. I, I don't know how true it is. Allegedly, the uh, Rachowski brothers then were judges on a script writing panel, and they were given out awards to like you know best scripts, and one of the scripts that came across their desk during this competition was a script about some kind of cyber fantasy. And the person that wrote that script, I think ended up not even getting placed. And the Rachowski brothers then later come up with a matrix script that has a lot of some of the similar themes and plots that were in that script. And then eventually uh, this person that wrote that script uh, claimed that they took all her ideas from that script. Uh, it's gone to court. Uh, last I heard, and again, this could all be internet fantasy, myth, whatever, legend. But last I heard, this person didn't go to the court hearing. And it, she, you know, and so the Wachowskis ended up having to keep the rights for uh, yeah. the, the the Matrix because it wasn't, I guess, challenged. This I don't know is, how that. This ahead. is not a rumor that I've heard before, specifically in with the Matrix, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me. And I mean, this thing can this kind of thing happens all the time, and you have to wonder every time it happens. You have to wonder. Like, how legitimate is this, you know? Um, Right. Because I can totally, on the one hand, there's, I have no reason to doubt that this person wrote, wrote a script and felt like their script was egregiously lifted and plagiarized to make the matrix. On the other hand, I can also absolutely see when a movie gets made that is an unexpected success and banks, you know, billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars as the case is. You got people coming out of the woodwork trying to, you know, get their hands in the pot. And I would, I would actually be willing to say that every blockbuster movie has at least one lawsuit like this. Yes. Every single one, every single major blockbuster movie has at least one lawsuit like this. And I wouldn't be surprised if most of them end up getting settled, to be honest, because it's just like fucking you want your, you you know, you want your tiny piece of the pie. Here's your tiny piece of the pie. Go on about your life. You know, Um, that could very well have happened with this. mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they could have very well. You know what? It's just going to be time consuming for us to go to court, blah, blah, blah. Here's here's six million dollars. Or go away. They probably or even, that, yeah. a million or fifty thousand. Or like fifty thousand or a hundred thousand or, or whatever. Right. Like not certainly not like I'm any kind of expert on the entertainment business or IP law or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But every movie that is a blockbuster success, somebody's suing that production. Somebody somewhere along the line is suing that production. And, you know, whether it's valid or whether it's a, just a money grab, I, it's it's got to be just so commonplace as to be disgusting. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why there's copyright law. So yep. like at the very least, you should if you create anything that's worth you thinking about, you should copyright it. If you got some story yep. or something that you're sitting on, copyright it before you show anybody. Yep. Because um, register things- it with the Writers Guild of America. Exactly. Because you know? the moment you see somebody having a very similar story well, to yours, you need to have proof that you've created something like that. And then after yeah. that, you got to create and got to convince them that there was a connection. Also, these days, to be honest, mm-hmm. any legitimate agency or legitimate production house will not accept a, a screenplay or a script on spec. Like they will not your not accept your submission unless you have a WGA number to go along with it. They just won't accept it on the basis of we don't even want there to be a question mm-hmm. that somehow we lifted this. You know, uh, we want if you're going to submit it, it has to be registered. There has to be a copyright associated with it so that, you know, there there is never so much as a question that maybe we lifted this, you know? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, on, on with the, uh, with the, the characters. So there's Neo, Neo also, uh, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Thomas Anderson, right? Mr. Anderson. Yes. And, and then there is, um, Holy crap. Uh, well, agent Trinity. Smith, agent Smith, of course, there's played Trinity. by Hugo weaving, which I, it's hard to imagine like Hugo weaving owned that role the same way that like David Prowse owned Darth Vader, you know, uh, where, where like nobody else, you you try to replace Hugo weaving and you just don't have it. You just don't have the same movie. It's, it's funny because I can see Hugo weaving do anything else. And I'm still oh thinking, yeah, I'm still thinking. Here, there's uh, Agent Smith. Well, and, and and like that's Hugo Weaving's one of those guys. If you watch any, like he's a he's a chameleon. He's like a true actor, yeah. in the sense that you know he doesn't have a type. He plays whatever, and he can play whatever. I I I don't know. I think I disagree. Like he, came out, he also came out in um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. He but played all see- three of there's something about the his cadence though the way he talks like it's it's always going to be agent smith to me he can change his face (laughs) he was i mean he was the red skull in captain america and i'm like that's not the red skull that is agent Agent smith Smith. yeah i guess and it and every time i see him in anything poor man can be dressed can be CGI. It doesn't matter. I don't care. That guy is. Aiden you know what Smith. his break breakout movie was? What was it? To Wong Fu. You remember that movie? To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. Really? Yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the movie about drag was, queens. Yes. 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 And stuff. And, and yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Wait a minute. He's in he's in that movie. I believe so. Yeah. How uh, I'm going to IMDB DB it right now just to make sure that that the the Dan IMDB and Dan's head isn't wrong. But uh, let's 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 do this. 
So then uh, while you're on that, we have, again, Keanu Reeves uh, as Neo, uh, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity. We have the Oracle, Gloria Fa uh, Foster. We have Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus, Morpheus uh, Hugh Weaving, Agent Smith. We have Cypher, um, uh, Joe pa Pantolon Pantoliano. Pantoliano. I have such a hard time go. with some of these. Um, mm. And like all these characters, all these guys, they're awesome. I loved all of them. Funny thing about uh, Marcus Chong, who plays Tank. Uh, mm -hmm. He was not in the next movie because he got uh, he I guess there was some kind of dispute about money. He wanted more, I guess. And they were like, we're not giving you more. And then they were who off. is this? Tank, remember the operator? Oh, that's Tommy Chong's son. Yeah. Oh, is it Tommy? Yeah, Chung's that's son? Tommy Chong's son. I can't remember his name, but it's Tommy Marcus, Chong's son. Marcus, Marcus Chong. Marcus Chong. Yeah, it's Tommy Chong's son. I didn't he, know he was Chong's son. He, he he really took himself very seriously, apparently, from what I've read. Like he he was he he considered himself the underrated star of the show, and uh, you know. Uh, confidenced himself out of a job uh i oh, have uh, sucks i i had my uh drag queen movies confused oh <laughs> uh, hugo weaving was not into wong fu hugo weaving was in the adventures of priscilla queen of the desert i have never seen that one uh that is i've heard of that one you heard of that? Yeah, I've never, never. It's an Australian flick at Hugo Weaving and Guy Pierce, Terrence Stamp in it. Um, came out in 1994, but that was kind of like that was the movie that broke Hugo Weaving for like American audiences. That's amazing because I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man, it was a big deal. It was like a sleeper hit, you know. It was it was a movie that nobody expected to perform, you know. Yeah. So, um, so then, then like uh, some of the other characters were like Mouse, Switch, Dozer. Dozer was uh, Tank's brother. Yep. He, he right. was played by Anthony Ray Parker. Um, then there was you see, I didn't know the names of the other uh, agents. Apparently, they had names. Uh, there's an agent Jones. Who, ah, yeah, I didn't realize they had names. I thought I just thought they never said their names. The only names you ever got was Smith. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Uh, which which brings up an have you ever watched like deleted scenes or anything from the Matrix? I did. I was. I never did. Kind of did. Do they ever name the agents in in the deleted scenes? I don't remember them ever na uh, naming them in the in the deleted scenes. No, um, but um. But yeah, man, like, you see, I, I like you, went to see this movie yeah. on opening day, right? Uh, and for the same reasons that you brought up, mostly just because it was an American-made movie. And like you're saying, you know, first big budget uh, Hollywood movie with Wuxia in it, with Wirefu. That brought me to the movie theater along with the name Wu Ping. Yeah, um, right. None of the other things that are related in this, that are part of this movie brought me to the theater. It was purely the Kung Fu aspect, the sci-fi aspect and Wu Ping. That's what got yep. me into the theater. Um, didn't know who the Wachowskis were. Uh, I thought Keanu Reeves was cool, 
but you know that wasn't what brought me to the theater uh, and, and I didn't know anybody else. Like, I mean, I knew Lawrence Fishburne, but I've never really seen him in anything. Right. You know? Yep. So, like, that's what brought me to the movie theater, but I had no real idea what the movie was about um, when I saw it. I knew it was a sci-fi movie. I knew there was kung fu in it, and that's all mm-hmm. I needed, you know? And I remember sitting in the movie theater, basically with me and my buds, and that was it, you know? There was nobody else in the theater when we saw it. And, uh, and and look at what it is today, you know. So now it, it spawned yep. several. It spawned. It's uh, a whole franchise. It's a whole know? franchise. It's got a TV. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it's got TV. It's got a video game or had a yeah, video a game. Cu- couple of them. A couple of them. You see, yep. okay, yeah. So like there's. I forgot what the one was, but there was a one that was an immersive world. There was like an immersive uh, MMORPG. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and you know, you had like the side things like the animatrix. I love those. Mm-hmm. You know, the animatrix, I, I liked maybe even more than, than the feature films, to be honest. Wow. Because um, it's so imaginative. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't, it, 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 this is a series that I kind of fell in love with, but I wasn't like a fanboy about it, you know? Oh, I was. I I I, I, I just I wasn't fanboy and and like all of like like I I will admit I loved the Matrix, but I was even at that point in my life, you know. So what came out in nineteen ninety nine? So I would have been twenty, you know, uh, twenty or twenty one, depending on when. Uh, and uh, and I just I I remember sitting in in the theater like sniggering. Yeah, like look at these fucking goth motherfuckers wearing their fucking vinyl trench coats and ridiculous <laughs> fucking sunglasses. Yeah. You know, like this is the way that they imagine themselves. This is this is their residual self-image. How fucking sad, you know? Like I remember like laughing, like sincerely laughing at that while I was uh-huh. in the theater. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. the movie got going. I was like, this is fucking cool, you know. Yeah. I never went as far as cosplaying. I never, I never put on a trench coat. I never yeah. pretended that I was specifically Neo. a vinyl trench coat. It's, and none of it, none of it. Uh, yeah, I don't wear trenches just in general. But anyway, yeah. like uh, I did, what I did in high school when it was cool, you know, when it was part of the fashion uh, craze, but not because of the fucking Matrix movies. The Matrix movies weren't out there in that time. But anyway, like I, God, you're little, old. I am fucking old. So segue here, just a little segue. I went uh, at one point I was trying to um, have a like a bit of an animation career. I tried real hard. Yeah, didn't work. Uh, but while I was out there, I was at a networking thing. Right. And I was trying to kind of make friends with people in the industry. So I went to this thing that was just like a networking thing for people who are, you know, who are in the industry or trying to get in the industry. And there were supposed to be all these connections there. I go there. And it turns out it's a bunch of people who are like just who have no connections to the industry. Uh, they're all sad they're, fucks. They're, they're, they're all, all you. They're, they're all, all me. you. Exactly. Yeah. You're they're networking all, with other yous. With other me. Nobody has a lead for anything. And the ones that do don't show up to that thing because they don't want to share the lead. Right. Yeah. You know. And so uh, there is there was one guy who showed up who had lead, who who had done something he had performed on a play on a stage or, or did a commercial or something. And he was the bell of the ball. 
right? Everybody was trying to talk to this guy because they were not only impressed, but, you know, secretly trying to get information out of him so that they could also have the commercial or, you know, extra job that he got. And, and I'm talking about, like, this guy was not a big deal. Like, he... Oh, yeah, yeah. He got, he got like, some extra. He was, like, a yeah. stand-in. Maybe he didn't even get, you know, cut into the movie or whatever he was that he was doing. But he was something, right? Like, yeah, that was enough. He had a credit. Yeah. Yes. And so everybody was thirsty for this guy. So I'm like, I'm not going to go up to this guy. Like, fuck this guy. First of all, I'm a dude. I'm not going to be go talking to another dude. That's weird, right? You know, so I'm just going to leave it alone. And that and- dude was George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No. So then everybody's do- going, you know, so at one point they want to, they want all of us to kind of introduce to ourselves to each other. So uh, as we're sitting there, different people will come up and be like, I'm doing this. I do this. I can do this. You know, I'm a screenplay writer. I'll, you know, fix your screenplays. I'll write for you. I'm a gaffer. I'll do your lights. Let me know if you're going to shoot something. I'll be there, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So they go down the list of all these different people with all their different qualifications, none of which have any experience, of course, which is why we're there. And one dude jumps out, jumps out and he's like, I'm an actor. If anybody knows the Wachowski brothers, give me a call. And the dude was like 50, right? Yeah. And balding, man, the little hair he had was white. Joe Pantoliano. I wish. (laughs) Dude had like Coke bottle glasses and was wearing the whole Matrix cosplay getup. And I was just like, dude, like nobody's going to talk to you now. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk to you. You're like the weird guy at the party. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And so I was just like, after that, I was just like, oh, dude, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, like this I, is a fucking joke. This is a fucking joke. I thank the person that took me because it yeah. wasn't like that was the person that took me was trying to help be helpful and help me get into the industry. And I was like, this is not going to be any of use to me, but right. thank you, you know. But mm. it was just like, there's a bunch of people, you know, just wannabes like myself. And, but the one like the king of the wannabes was this matrix dude. And I, and I was just like, Oh, like the moment that dude stepped on there and he was done with his spiel. I was like, like, this is not for me. This is not for me. I am out. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, but, uh, but I mean, there was a lot of that because of that movie. Everybody wanted to be Neo, you know, it took, it took over everybody's consciousness for years. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about a little bit about the story and some of the obvious symbolism that people should know by now. Major spoilers. If you don't know this show, you should know that we spoil everything and we're going to spoil yeah, the shit out who, of it. Who the hell can spoil the Matrix at this point? It's like, oh, am I exactly. going to spoil? Am I going to spoil Star Wars? <laughs> hey, guess what? At the end of Jaws, they blow the shark up. Like, what? Like, <laughs> Uh, you you can't spoil a 20-year-old movie. You, you know? should have warned them, man. You're going to get all the angry internet people. No, I won't, because only eight people listen to this show. <laughs> well, well, three of them are us. Yeah, three yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My grandma is going to text you. Yeah, right. So, um, uh, you know, 
one of the biggest mysteries, and I think that's why the first one was so great. But in the first movie, one of the biggest mysteries is what is the Matrix, right? The main character, Neo, the protagonist of the story, is trying to find out what is the Matrix. And it's very mysteriously kind of um, told to us that it's not something that you can see or touch. It's everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. You get the you get the sense it just it's being described like air but not air you know right yeah and and it's pretty a pretty much like the force yeah the, yeah but it but in this sense it's a prison like you get mm -hmm. the idea of it's in a prison finally you know uh, through a series of funny things Morpheus meets Neo and Neo is presented with with two options there's the red pill and the blue pill. The blue pill, you stay in the matrix or you stay where you're at and you wake up tomorrow and you don't think of whatever is going on. And then the red pill, which is you wake up or you 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 go down this trip, this rabbit hole, as yeah. they called it, which, you know, they try. And to now red pilling is like Internet slang for waking up, you know, waking up and and specifically like. It's like a fucking incel thing now. Is it? Yeah, it's fucking gross. What do you mean? It's like like I took the red pill and now I realized how uh, you know the all of society is set up to to litigate masculinity and bullshit like that. Oh, for like, Christ's sake. People are fucking insane on the internet. I think <laughs> it is the ultimate point that I'm trying to make here. Yeah. Uh, I've always taken the idea of the red pill is, is that you're wake, you're, you're finally kind of reached an epiphany yep. or you woke up yep. to some new information you didn't realize was there all along, yep. uh, which is yeah. what the red pill means in this case. And once Neo takes the red pill, he wakes up to this horror, right? This gothic metallic horror of, of all these cells. And he finds out that he's connected to, uh, to something he doesn't realize what yeah eventually he gets disconnected he gets pooped out the system and then you know he gets scooped up by morpheus morpheus and his team on the other side what is now mm -hmm. then eventually is explained to him this is the real world and it, he's explained that you know the the robots took over and there was a big war and somehow i guess the robots work on solar power and in order to get back at the robots to try to win the war, they scorch the sky so that the war robots right. can't power up anymore. And so now there's this battle between the, the humans and the robots where the robots are using the humans as batteries, which ultimately is the metaphor for real people being batteries for companies where you're just kind of yeah. working your life away. Right. Yep. And that is that is the big metaphor for the Matrix. And there are people who are who who are fine being in the Matrix. And there are people who like Cypher, for example, he wants to he's actually one of the people that have been pulled out of the Matrix and now wants to be plugged back in. And in, right. there, and in doing so, he's willing to make a deal with the robots to give up Neo. And so it ends up being a a traitor to to not only Neo but to the humans, uh, because he doesn't want to be living in the real world. The real world sucks, you know. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of also one of the 
the points of waking up, right? To realize the real world is shitty, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and ignorance, as Cypher says, is bliss. He'd rather be part of the matrix and be part of the system and live in comfort than to be part of the the real world where everything sucks and you have to right. work real hard for it, you know? Um, it's 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 a great metaphor. Um, and it's one of the things that I think it's the most attractive piece of the Matrix movies, specifically the first one, right? Because there's mystery in the first one. Yeah. There's all this, mm -hmm. and there, there's this gigantic epiphany. The other two movies don't have that. And uh, The other two movies lack, to be honest. They're not, they just don't come anywhere near. No. The first no, one, no, and well, they they get real bogged down in. Well, you, you know, you have so much of like the the Christ symbolism. There's a ton of Christ symbolism, and that's whatever. That's not a problem or anything. It's just like does like every you get to a point, especially with the second two movies, where it's like every second of screen time is symbolic of something else, isn't it? Yes. There's, there's not a moment of these movies that we can just watch as this is a fight scene, you know, mm -hmm. which on the one hand is, is look, uh, I applaud that complexity is wonderful. I, I prefer a complex story to a simple story, but at the, at the same point, like uh, the, the following two movies get really bogged down in that stuff. And like in the, in the second movie with the Merovingian, <laughs> And he has that soliloquy about causality uh, and, you know, he has them serve the piece of cake to the, the woman diner in the, in the restaurant and, and it makes her have an orgasm. And he's giving this, this, like I said, this long winded soliloquy about causality, except he's not talking about causality at all. <laughs> like if you dissect it, he's not talking like what he's saying has nothing to do with causality, whatever it's, um, is what it is yeah now we interrupt the podcast to let you know that if you're building a website and you need a hosting service bluehost is definitely the way to go if especially if you're building it in uh, wordpress for example it's the hosting service i use for my website the flow Real podcast and they're super dependable, never had a problem, easy to use. I highly recommend them. Make sure you use the referral link in the description so that Bluehost knows I sent you. Also, the music you're listening to here comes from Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a great service which allows you to get licenses to music with a very affordable monthly plan. It's great. And you can get a 30-day free trial if you act now. With over 35,000 tracks and 90,000 sound effects, you will find all that you will need for your projects. When you head over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so they know that I sent you. Now, I just recently started using Monday. Um, Monday.com has what they call a work operating system, a work OS. What it is is 
a work management software. It's more than just a to-do list. It allows you to work with teams. You can put timelines on things. It organizes your projects in a very easy to read dashboard and it's super customizable. I love it, just started using it. Uh, I'm sharing it with my teams now. It's a great tool for you to use for your work, especially nowadays when we're working from home and we're a little more disconnected. We don't have the people in front of us to ask questions about where is this project? How are you doing on this? What's the timeline, et cetera, et cetera. So with Monday, it makes it very easy for you to kind of keep an eye on things. I love it. I love it. It's an amazing piece of software. I highly recommend it. And when you make your way over to monday.com, make sure you use my referral link in the description. You see, and I think that's part of like the problem with some of the Wachowski movies is it's like the first one was great. It was simple, right? And I don't know yep. if 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 uh, as simple as that movie can be because um, it's very complicated and a lot but the, the the ultimate premise is is that you're it, it held on to one idea very easily very simply yeah and it made it mysterious and it said you're in the you're you're trapped in a system you're born a prisoner you're stuck in this system and you will always be a battery for something else right you know? and then somehow in the other movies yeah they try to expand on that idea then it, but it just goes all over the place you know, and I agree with what you're saying. Like, like, what the fuck is the Merovingian saying? Like, what the hell is yeah. all this? You know, yeah, he's talking about determinism. He's not talking about causality. But I digress. I don't. That's nerdy, and we don't need to talk about it. No, you know, no, but- I love that <laughs> shit. That's the shit that I love about the Matrix, though. Yeah. Like all that nerdy philosophical crap wrapped in the guise of kung fu. Yeah, and slick cinema. You know, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like um, not every movie needs to be that. I like to have a yeah. kung fu movie every now and then. That's just a kung fu movie, you know, or an action movie. That's just an action movie. You mm-hmm. know? That's fine. But this movie, this movie tries to be more. And I appreciate some of it, although I will be honest, it's not the best in places. But oh. but one of my other favorite symbolic pieces in the movie is the fact that you have Neo, the one who is the Christ-like figure, et cetera, and who needs to go back to the source. Therefore, when he gets back into the source, he reboots the system, right? And then it does it all over again, mm-hmm. right? This is, he is the sixth or seventh iteration of the Matrix, yep. whatever. Or they are in the sixth, seventh, whatever version of the Matrix. I forget what version they are. Um, but I don't know if this happens every single time or in this particular iteration is why this one is different and why we're being told this story. But in this version of the well, Matrix, that, that's actually my understanding of it is that's exactly what it is, is that all of all of the predecessor Neos chose to go back to the source yeah. and reboot the system. And this is the first one who didn't. Well, there's that. And then I think there's also the problem of Smith, yep. who ends up being uh the villain and the major antagonist of the story along separate right from the from the robots because right. at first he is part of the system and then sort of becomes mm-hmm. self-aware in a way yeah but you see the thing is one of the things about smith was he's talking to morpheus in the first movie and he and this is where there's a little foreshadowing and it's amazing that the the Warshawski brothers had this much foresight 
but there he was there because like you don't know if you're gonna have a second and third movie like how the fuck did you even think about this but he's he's got cap he's captured morpheus right and uh if everybody remembers this part of the scene he's got he's captured morpheus he's in this uh uh tower and you know smith is interrogating morpheus and he's sitting there and he's just like you know you guys expand from one area to the next and you just devour that whole area you guys like, are like a, a virus. virus right yep. that is amazing because then later on he accuses hum- the human race of being a virus but eventually he becomes one himself he becomes the virus and takes over the entire thing yeah exactly right and so there's that he starts to multiply right so he's the exact opposite of what neo is he is mm-hmm. absolutely the ultimate villain because neo is the one a one person whereas the virus smith is many and yeah. an, and 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 an exact representation of what neo stands for right neo yep. is supposed to stand for individualism whereas smith stands for being part of the cog everybody be the same basically a smurf you know Mm-hmm. <laughs> smurf yeah <laughs> which smurf is he papa smurf uh well you know smurf. there there's a mean smith you know he's got to be papa smurf yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go but um but yeah so like uh it's it's got so many interesting things that it does you know I, that i i just love like the glitch yeah that happens like that's that yeah. if a glitch happens, it's because somebody, you know, uh, if you have what you would call it, um, deja, a deja vu. vu. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have deja mm-hmm. vu. It's because someone reset the system or somebody's changed something in the system. Right. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, yeah, all those little details, that's what adds up to making it so special. Because without those without those little details, it's nothing more than another sci-fi action film. Exactly. But you have all these details in there that it makes you care. Mm-hmm. And like those little details contribute to defeating the Drufki paradigm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have time. You don't have the time while you're sitting there watching the movie. You don't have the time to sit there and think about stuff like, well, wait, so you use humans as batteries, but like it takes way more energy to put into a human to generate energy than you get out of it. So how does that work? You don't have time to think about that shit because they don't give you the time. No. Mm. Yeah. And that's a great point because uh, nobody really knows that when they, when they pitch that idea, the out me stupid me in the theater took it yeah Hook yeah you just you, you just eat it up there's no you have no reason to question it none none yeah no yep like there's no i not only did i not have internet back then on my phone to look it up mm-hmm. but also like even if i did i wouldn't how do i phrase this question like how does you know like it's amazing uh um, yeah what does this mean well, yeah it's like when I when I watched it the first time, there were certain things that you missed right away. Like the first time when they were tracking Neil. The the blonde what's the name of the blonde girl? The Switch. Uh, Switch. Switch. Yeah. Tells him, calm down, copper top. Yeah. 
like calling yep. her a battery, like he, she's calling like, him a battery, and he doesn't call know, him no, a battery. We don't know why. Yeah, I mean, we don't know why, you know. But yeah. and then once you see what happens, like it actually blew my mind when I saw what happened when he when he took the red pill and ends up waking up in this nightmare freaking world where yep you're a freaking battery, you know. And I'm like Jesus. And I was like that totally blew me. And I never expected to even see that in the movie, you know. After everything that was said and everything, they never did even lead on that that was going to happen. Yeah, I I agree. There's so yeah. much cool stuff. Well, uh, there there were it was it was a movie of just consistent big reveals. Mm-hmm. Yes, how what they did with the marketing and somehow you know they managed to like control the press somehow. None of that was blown. No. Like none of. It, and and the movie has these it's like the big reveals are on like a three minute beat every three minutes. There's something else that's just like, why I didn't see that coming, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, that's, that's why it's so special. Yeah. Yeah. What a, it's what so, a, another movie that was like that, that sort of threw me off was that uh, dark world. You remember dark, that one? Dark yeah, City? Dark City, yeah. Dark City. There you go. Dark City. Dark City. Yeah, I loved that movie. That I absolutely too. loved that movie. Right. With uh, Rufus Sewell is, I think, the lead character, the lead actor in that movie. Mm-hmm. When I first watched The Matrix, I thought it was another version of Dark City. It kind of is. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like they're in a small little world yep. controlled by aliens. Yep. And, yep. and then like when they feel bored or they're doing experimentation, they just switch it up without yep. anybody even knowing it. Yeah, they're kind of, if I remember correctly, they were constantly changing the world and switching yeah. people's roles and, and stuff. And Dark City was is a little bit more steampunk, you know? Yeah. Um, but the the concept is ultimately the same, where mm-hmm. you've got this this city full of human beings. Right. That are basically like the experimental subjects of of a superior race quote unquote you know mm-hmm. um and they don't know they don't know that they're being toyed with you know the the world is so complete that that it's the ultimate illusion and then you know you've got i can't remember the character's name but rufus sewell kind of wakes up and starts seeing the inconsistencies and it brings the whole world down it's just like the matrix i mean it's they're they're so they're eerily similar yeah, mm-hmm. and they're both great flicks. Oh, I, I, I feel flicks. like Dark City probably doesn't have the status that it deserves, but it, it probably came along a little bit too early, you know, and didn't have any big names associated with it. So of course it didn't make a big a big dent. But that movie, yeah, if if, if you like The Matrix and you haven't seen Dark City, go see Dark City. Yeah, Dark City's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's got similar a similar aesthetic. Yep. to the the matrix uh yep. it's got mm-hmm. a dark Very sort of noir yeah um yeah yeah if and if you like that movie you probably like the, the city of lost children it's uh it's also got a similar aesthetic uh i remember it being really wacky but it's got a steampunk look to it as well mm. that's city a, of lost children yeah it's a french i don't know film. why i don't know that oh okay foreign flick gotcha foreign flick, yeah french great <laughs> That one's amazing. I don't even remember what it happened. What happened in that movie? But I remember thinking this movie is aesthetically amazing. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Dark City is also, again, yeah. aesthetically yeah. amazing, which is which is right. Like, why why doesn't Dark City have a bigger following? Like, some of these movies, like, like The Matrix made it so big. Dark yeah. City could have easily been the main. Well, and that's it's luck, man. Mm-hmm. It's luck. Do you release it on the right day? Mm-hmm. Have magically you reached the right number of eyeballs? You know, are you yeah, are you getting are you, are you getting the press that you need in order to make this a movie that people want to see? Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's you know ninety percent of anything is skill and talent and whatever. But 10% of it is luck. And as it turns out, that's the most important 10%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, then there's also Wu Ping, right? Like, I think, no, well, if, yeah. If you put, if you put Kung Fu in it, yeah. Well, and, you know, that's 25% more. The Matrix got a ton of press and, you know, it got a, 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 the right people were talking about it at the right time. And so it was successful. And, you know, it was produced by a major studio. It wasn't an indie flick. So there was, there was bigger push behind it. And that, that affects that luck quantity in the equation. Absolutely. As well as better act, um, more famous actors as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big thing. I mean, the, the only, so Keanu Reeves was really the only real famous actor. Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Lawrence Fishburne is amazing in this movie. He is amazing, he's, dude. Yeah, a- absolutely amazing. Uh, and it's it really is like you've got three actors. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say all of the all of the main actors in this movie. Like they owned their roles. It wasn't just like oh well, here's another Carrie Ann Ro- Carrie Ann Moss role, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, like like Marcus Chong, like. I can't imagine somebody else playing tank, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a shame um, that he got that written he, out. Yeah. 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 He, he got himself out, but like, uh, the, the actors in the, in the movie own their roles to such a degree that you just can't imagine somebody else doing it. And, mm-hmm. and they, they achieve that very specific thing of none of them, even though they may not necessarily be written that well, because I'll, I'll be honest, like some of the characters, their dialogue isn't great. You know, they're not they're not written in a particularly identifiable way, but the performances are identifiable. And and that's a big thing because because you can't that you just can't imagine like somebody else doing as good a job with Agent Smith as Hugo Weaving did. And no. You can't, you can't, because that guy was like freaking outstanding. And like Keanu Reeves was fantastic as Neo because he's kind of a blank slate. You know, Neo, the the whole point of that character is that he's a blank slate, you know, and Keanu Reeves did that really, really well. And Carrie Ann Moss, you know, made, made Trinity into a character that you care about as opposed to, oh, well, you know, she's the love interest, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, True. she was not just the love interest. She was also she's her own character. The, she's one of the heroes. In this yeah, story. yeah, absolutely. But she even has a little bit of a protagonist role in this, too, because she she had and, doubts yeah. about the movie of whether her role, like in the, yep. in, the, in the role in the world, whether she was actually going to have her her truth come true. Because um, yep. 
for example, the Oracle gave everybody basically their paths. Yeah. He said, here's, mm -hmm. here's what's going to happen. And let's not forget, you're talking about performances. Gloria Foster as the Oracle. Yeah. She was amazing. She was my favorite part. Yeah. Aside from, aside from Morpheus, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was my favorite person in that movie because everything she said dude was fucking awesome like her dialogue was great but oh, then she delivered that, she delivered it like a master yeah the the casting for that role for here here's a character that gets a grand total of seven minutes of screen time and there is nobody else in the movie that has nearly the same kind of gravitas yeah. and and they picked the perfect person to play that role. My favorite oh. part was just like, oh, and don't worry about the vase. And then Neo turns yes. around, yeah. knocks over the vase, and he's like, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. But what's really going to bake your noodle later is, you know, would you have knocked it over if I didn't say anything? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what, 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 what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? and, and so she is like, she's all she's doing like the whole time is mindfuckery. Yeah. And and but that that little piece of it is like is a, again a foreshadowing of what she's going to say to him and whether or not you know that would have influenced him one way or the other if she hadn't said anything. Like that's her whole point. Like that's why she exists. That's her role in the matrix. Fucking but like the that character is amazing, but the actress is amazing on top of it. It's just fucking it's awesome, dude. Like I yeah. love her. I loved her. And to hear that she, she passed away before she can get to the other movies. Right. Broke, yeah. Broke my fucking heart, man. Yeah. It yeah. And everybody in the movie. Like I and I think that's actually probably one of the things that, that actually contributed to the success of the movie. Doesn't have a huge cast. No. There aren't Ford. even a there aren't even a ton of character of extras, you know? Like there's it's not a big cast and so i i haven't actually looked into it but i'm willing to bet that first movie was this major like action blockbuster film and they probably did it on a nothing of a budget you know you are absolutely right that is exactly the case because they didn't want to give them money they yeah. still after bound they still didn't want to give them money they still don't have faith in it they didn't give them money until the second one. And that's why they that's when they went. And that's why there's such a huge difference between the two. Yes. Yeah. It's because, the, the poison pill of the budget. Yes. Now, no, yeah. Now, instead of scraping to make buy with what you got, mm -hmm. now you've got more money than you know what to do with. And you're trying to figure out how to use it all. Yes. And you're yeah. just mm -hmm. being extravagant at this point. Yeah. You're making freeways yep. in Nevada. Decadent. Decadent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry, you were going to say something, Primo? I said that, I was, what I was going to tell you is that, like you said, the the movie was made with less than what it was supposed to, than what it made, okay? Mm -hmm. That by itself, you can see the difference between one, two, and three of all three movies. But to tell you the truth, one alone would have been enough. Uh, you know, I, I actually think about that sometimes. Like, would well, I have been satisfied? I'll if, put it, I, I will say, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. 
Uh, I, I will say that the way the first one ended, obviously they're queuing it up for sequels, you know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. the way it ended, it ended in such a way where if there had not been sequels, I would have been satisfied. Exactly. If, if there That's had exactly not what been, I'm saying. Yeah. If there had not been sequels, it, it would have been like, well, my imagination can run with it. He goes on and he does whatever the hell he does in the matrix and brings mm-hmm. it all down and, and whatever they, and that skill, that skillful writing, when you can write an ending, that's fine. If this becomes a standalone thing, if it's not successful, you know, the people who liked it, they'll still be satisfied with this, even if there are no sequels, but also it's perfectly ready for, for the sequels to go, you know? So I, I think, I think that's one of the saving graces of movies like the Deadpool movies. Cause, uh, after the first one, they're like, all right, you made a lot more money than we expected you to make. We didn't want to let you make the movie. Uh, you guys did amazing. Uh, here's some more money. And and Ryan Reynolds is like, no, it's it's okay. We don't want that much. We want to keep it small so we yep. can keep making movies. Because mm-hmm. I guess I guess he made the first one originally he was supposed to make it for 60,000 or 60 million. I'm sorry, 60 million. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, by the way, uh, we can't give you that. Uh, how about you give us back some of that? And they're like, what the fuck? And so that's why in Deadpool, they 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 had this big gun scene at the end. That's why he forgets the the, the guns in the taxi. Oh, yeah. Because they because cut the they can't uh, they can't afford the the gunfight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yep. there was originally going to be a gunfight. There was supposed to be budget for the gunfight, but Fox took that away from them. And so then that was like fuck. You know what do we do now? I was like oh, I guess we're gonna do stunt stuff here. Like stunt yep. people are cheaper than guns. We'll we'll do stunts and CGI. There yeah, and mm-hmm. they, so that's 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 why that scene. That's why Deadpool forgets the guns in the car. And and that's and because of that kind of stuff, Ryan Reynolds was like, no, let's just keep these movies small so that we keep making money Mm -hmm. and so that we can keep making these movies. And I think I think as as amazing as Matrix, you know, three, uh, two and three are, you know, reloaded and revolutions as amazing as those movies are. Maybe if they would have just been choked a little bit by by budget. Yeah, maybe they would have relied more on story and craft. Oh, you get you get more creative. Exactly. Ingenuity. When you have fewer resources, you get more creative. You get more. Exactly. um, Improvisational, you know? Yes. Like, like I know what I'm talking about, but like, uh, (laughs) I know what you're talking about. But I have no idea what you're talking about. But like like the, the Wachowskis, you, you know, you look at their body of work and like there's unfortunately a lot of not great stuff that came after mm-hmm. the matrix, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I wouldn't say that matrix Re- uh, resurrection and make or matrix reloaded and make matrix revolutions. Like, I don't think they were bad films. Mm-hmm. They just weren't as good as the first. Yeah. Right. And uh, and then there's just this steady decline where it's like you got Jupiter ascending and, and Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas. And it's like these are these are not 
to the point of being like not watchable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. It's like you gave a student film person, you gave a student film director a big budget. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I like Speed Racer. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I didn't expect anything from Speed Racer, but I still don't like it. <laughs> well, it just didn't even resemble Speed Racer. You know, like the car no. looked like the car. That's about but what it. the fuck was that story? You know, I don't know. It was, I, it was based on one episode, and that's all it was. And that's so. All, that, that, yeah, I mean, so, any, so I was like, it's okay though. I mean, they they put everything they could into one episode of this this movie. It's bizarre. That movie's fucking it's bizarre. bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre. I mean, the special effects they're awesome, but the story itself is like. It needs work. It needs a lot of work. I ain't gonna lie. You know, I I think my I think my niece can write a better story. She's five. Okay. So harsh. So <laughs> so so get this. So you bring up an interesting point because I did think about this, right? There mm-hmm. uh and I think only Lana uh Wachowski. I keep saying Wachowski, you're saying Wachowski, you're Dude, Polish. I, I was gonna say you do you do you have like the insider Polish like no, way no, of no, pronouncing? No, no. I okay. just I think it's Wachowski, but I don't know. Okay, because I'm thinking I'm I'm mispronouncing this here. Because like if you said tortillas, I'd say that's not that's not right. That's tortillas, right? Mm-hmm. It, it could be either, man. Okay, I'm just making sure because I, I don't want to you know make anything. I don't want to say anything wrong. But anyway, I, I digress. So then, um, but you guys bringing up an interesting point. So now after the matrix there even during the matrix their storytelling gets a little full of itself they're not the best storytellers i'm not sure if i'm saying i'm not I'm, you know, or they they lost something and so what does that say about resurrections the fourth installment maybe they've learned something you know who knows? I'm definitely gonna go see it though. Oh, I'm gonna go see it. Um, we're, I'm worried, we're go but uh, yeah, but I'm gonna go see it. Absolutely. Yeah, the thing is, like, we need to do it like that. We go into it with no expectation whatsoever. Well, that, yeah. well that's not exactly Dan, because I mean, remember what he thought of Ghostbusters, right? Like, well, that was that was Ghostbusters, but everything else, he's like, no, I went in there with no expectations. He did that with Kong and Godzilla, and look what happened. See, this is what this, I'm gonna yeah. be Dan in this one. I'm going in with expectations. I want this movie to be good. I expect it to be good. Yeah. I don't want to sit here and fucking be pissed off that this movie sucks, right? Because it, it, it's going to do what Cloud Atlas does, what fucking Jupiter Ascending does. It gets full of itself and, and then starts like, I don't getting too talky or something. I don't know, like a podcaster. I just. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> did either of you guys, did either of you guys watch <laughs> Sensate? on netflix no what's that it's a series it's a series that they did on on netflix it's about man it's 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 out there but it's it's sort of like these genetically engineered people have a psychic connection with each other and they form a cell and they can they have like they each have like some sort of uh psychic or telekinetic ability and they can swap bodies or, or and, my brother like was this. talking to me about that one. And it's like really neat. All, it, it's actually like, they like don't know each other and they have this right. link. 
Uh, they have yeah, this psychic link and they're all across the world. And exactly. It's the storytelling that is actually really strong. But one thing I will say about it is, especially in the second season of it, dude, there is so much sex in that show. <laughs> There's so much sex in that show that it actually made me bored of sex. Whoa. Wow. Like it, that watching that show, I actually got up, got to a point where it's like again and started like fast forwarding, you know, just because it's like for fuck's sake. Yeah. But but the storytelling is actually pretty good. You see, I was into Ooh. this until you told me you got bored of sex. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know if I want to watch this, man. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sex in it. Yeah, it's gonna make people unhappy, you know. Um, no, I, I, um, that sounds interesting. I'll have to check it out. The one I've been watching, not to derail the podcast a little bit, but I've been watching uh, Reina del Flow, which is uh, the Queen of Flow. It's on Netflix. It's mm. the first like five, six episodes are amazing. And then after that, it gets a little soap opery. Oh but, yeah, but it gets but the but it's like it's amazing what they do because they pack every single second full of story, dude. Yeah, and well, I'm like, how the, like, how the fuck are you doing this? How are you using every single minute to fill it with story? I was just like, yeah. I, this is like like you start the episode one place and you're like completely someplace else at the end and this is and, like and like you it's not like the kind of show where you can watch and be like doom scrolling with your other hand you know you cannot <laughs> you cannot watch it while doing your Facebook or whatever nope. if you're not paying attention you are missing valuable information and like you'll get to a point where he's like, wait a second, what what's happening here? And you got to go back and wa- rewatch the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> There's a show on Prime called The Expanse that's like that. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's really yeah. it's fantastic. It's a really good sci-fi flick, space opera sci-fi flick. You know, uh-huh. yeah, really really good series. But so much happens that if you stop. If you turn your head for 15 seconds, you have missed something <laughs> vitally important. Exactly. I have, to, I have to say, I, I, I think this is the first time I've ever witnessed this kind of storytelling, and I fucking love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> I'm going to watch The Expanse after this. You gotta got to watch it. It's, it's great. It's great. Although The Expanse is, I identified a certain problem with a lot of shows that make it really big on streaming. And they're all shows like this where, you know, whether it's sci-fi or, or whether it's, you know, some other genre. Oh, probably started with HBO. It probably started before streaming. It probably started with stuff like The Wire. Where the shows are so content dense. And that's that's it's like the the default now. WandaVision was like this, too. Mm-hmm. The show is so constant and it's show after show after show that's so dense that that seriously, like there, there is you simply do not have any budget whatsoever for spreading your attention someplace else. You just can't do it. There's too much going on, too much like there's every scene is like action combined with exposition 
and you have to pay attention to every fucking second of it or you're missing something somehow that will become super important. You'll be like, what did I miss? How did I miss it? Yeah. And and part of what goes on with these shows and, and I bet if you think about it, you'll be, you'll be like, Oh my God, Dan's right. The expanse is a perfect example of this. I got to like the fifth or sixth episode and I was super into it. And I still had no idea what any of the characters names were. I did not (laughs) know their names because they never say that. Oh, no, no they, this, don't. they never they, they never don't. address each other by name. Uh-huh. They never talk about each other uh, using names uh, like like in like side conversations. It's always pronouns. It's always like he or she or they or them. They never say the names. And so like you get halfway through ser- these series and you're like super invested. But it's like I have no idea who these people are. That is not the case for this show. You will know the names of these characters okay. by the fifth episode because by the fifth ep- episode, you know there's Charlie Flo, you know there's uh, uh, Jamie, and you know there's Juancho. You know those guys. You're going to know them. Juancho. Gonna... Juancho. Juan... Juancho. Cho. I love that name. Juancho, yeah. I, I forget why his name is Juancho. I think it's a combination of his first name and last name in the show. Uh, but anyway, like you will know these names and if not, you, they will be drilled into your head and you will have memorized these names to the point that you're going to name your firstborn Juancho, uh, Charlie Flo and <laughs> fucking Jamie, you know, but it's, it is, that show is so amazing and you fall in love with the characters. You get deeply invested in the characters and, uh, there's a big twist in the, in the show that you'll like realize but i mean it's a soap opera so there's twist after twist after twist Mm. and it's an amazing show only because they introduce reggaeton as as the as part of the theme of the show because uh not to give too much away but the people in the show this is the the protagonists they want to be uh they want to make it in music and the type of music they want to make it in is reggaeton and it is it's got the it's got an awesome soundtrack that sometimes kind of falters, but it's just like, wow, the music is great. The story is amazing. And I'm like, what? And I can't fucking stop watching this show. I have a friend. We told her about it. She watched the first episode. And in like two weeks, she watched 80 fucking episodes. Oh my God. Man. There's that many of them. That, that is the show been on. It's 80 episodes. That's the first fucking season. 80 what? episodes is the first how, season. How long are the episodes? They're like the first few are like an hour, but then after a while, they go down to 45 or 50 minutes. There's 80 episodes? 80 episodes. It's like 80 hours of this shit. <laughs> And every episode, every second is stuffed with story. So you it's can't. It's a novella. It's a novella. But you see, the funny thing is, bro, is it's like you can't like before, like like other shows. I would like me and my wife would have like you know these marathons, right? And I would just tell my watch my wife my wife to watch an episode and just tell me about it later. Like we we did that with a, like Dexter, for example. We did that with Dexter. I was just like, I can't stay up, but I need to go. I need to know what's going on. Watch it. I'll take a nap, and then I'll, wa- I'll wake up, and you watch it. Or you take a nap, and then I'll watch it. You can't do that with this. You can't just simply explain oh. and synopsize, synopsize uh, an episode. <laughs> synopsize? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, I was like, I was putting, like, synopsis 
and 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 synapses together. And I, <laughs> but anyway, so you can't just summarize a movie or an episode to your significant other in, in like you know back and forth sleeping turns. You have to like you you have to watch every episode because there is so much happening. I tried that already, and I told my wife, you know what? Stop. I'm just gonna watch it. Like you, like when you're not when you're not around or something, I'll turn it on and I'll watch that episode because there is just too much going on. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but anyway, we digress. <laughs> Back to we digressed a lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah, oh yeah. So, so um, uh, so resurrections. That is one of the reasons I'm concerned is that maybe it's gonna be not so well, great. I I think the smartest thing to do is prepare yourself for disappointment because you know what you're going to do. You're going to run into what I ran into with ghostbusters is that you're going to walk in with certain fanboy expectations and it's not, it's not going to hit those notes. (sighs) Got it. Got, got to learn to go in with zero expectations. There you go. Usually I don't have expectations. I will say so like I have done something that I so rarely do with movies anymore. I have watched both of the trailers that they've released. And like I was saying, I was saying this on the last podcast, I anymore, if there's a movie coming up that I'm interested in, I will not watch the trailer at all. I just don't, I don't want to walk into the movie knowing anything more than this is that movie, you know? All right. So this is the Uh, perfect segue. But I have I've a- watched both of the trailers and uh-huh. there's some interesting looking shit in there. There's some turns and there's some mm. beautiful, beautiful visual style going on. Uh-huh. And and sometimes for me, that's enough to make a movie like I, I for, for instance, I love I, I love Kubrick movies. I really do love Stanley Kubrick films. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. Uh, but yeah. I will also say that. There are plenty of Stanley Kubrick movies that are just fucking blithering nonsense, <laughs> but they're visually stunning. Yes. The, the shooting style, the camera work, the angles, the, the, the sets, the set dressing, the costumes, the backgrounds, they're beautiful to watch. And if this movie fulfills just that, it might be enough, you know? Interesting. Uh, it's it's interesting that you bring that up. I watched Clockwork Orange not too long ago, yeah. Uh, again, and uh, yeah, you know, it's he, he's he's a wacky guy, yeah. And, and it's in a roundabout way to talk about certain themes about you know freedom, etc. But yeah. Anyway, um, so here's here's like you bring up a good point, and I want and and I feel like this is a perfect segue. Uh, we can end the show after this, but I want to say I want to ask. Especially since you watch the trailers, what are you guys' predictions for this next movie? What do you think well, will happen? I think let's 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 hope for something great, and then well, when we watch it, it's right. all wrong, and we're upset. So <laughs> we've I've got to work off of the assumption that what was presented in the original trilogy was real, uh, like in in the sense of the conclusion that they come to is that the one brokers this truce with the machines you know I, i'm gonna go 
go in with the assumption that that's okay. That's what's happened, right? There wasn't some kind of, it wasn't some kind of trick or ploy, you know, uh, but that they're all in some future version of the matrix and they all start to realize it at the same time. And, uh, and my prediction is, is very low level. Like I'm not predicting the story at all, but, but what I think is going to end up happening, especially after watching that second trailer is that it's a new version of the same program because this new matrix that they've created, they're running into the same problem where it's just not sustainable because people keep waking up, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And it's a rewritten version of the same program except this time Trinity is the one. Mm, I like that. I never even thought of that. That's amazing. Trinity is the one. And Neo is the love interest, the side story. Right. Yep. But or, he just... or perhaps who knows, maybe Trinity was always the one, mm, you know, I don't know if I like that. I like the idea that <laughs> Trinity, Trinity is now the new one. Yep. What do you think, uh, Cousin Primo? I didn't think of any of that. I thought that what I... I recently watched the first three. Okay? Okay. When, the, when, the, when I heard about this, I said, I need to rewatch everything all over again. And you bring up an interesting point where you said that every other one, Neil, rebooted the system. How do we know that in the end of this movie, at the end of the third movie, it we they, they got rebooted anyway. Yeah. And for all we know, is this is a rebooted system again, and, and Neo yeah. is is the one, but he's actually he has like memories from his past life. So I see it as a whole new. Tr- I'm thinking, this is just me talking out of my ass thinking that maybe this is a start of a whole new trilogy could be could absolutely be and one of the it, it fits in kind of one of the thing one of the other things that i was thinking is that okay so let's let's say that we are starting from the standpoint of you know the the truce was brokered humanity got to live on mm-hmm. or, or humanity got to choose they got the choice between you can go and you can live or you can be in the matrix and you know basically not have a, have any real cares, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And um, uh, one of the things that, that kind of occurred to me is maybe if that truce gets brokered, then all of these players that were in the original movies, well, they can't just be reintroduced to the matrix and they also can't just be let to go on and, and, and live in humanity because they know too much. Exactly. And so maybe this is like some little like specific enclave of the matrix where it's like, we're going to park these consciousnesses in here because they just, they can't, they can't be part of either of the other options. We this have to some... keep them. We have to keep them off to the side. Dude. You know? I love this. I, it like, if this doesn't become like a, like a at the very least a side story i'm gonna be real mad because <laughs> it would be great yeah like what do they do with the people who are awake 
you and maybe you don't want them talking to the people who aren't awake like do you do you wipe their minds do you put them like what you said like in a separate pocket right quote unquote dimension or drive of the matrix you know like what do you do with them that's amazing i have i have a couple theories or a theory um which almost kind of riffs it's really kind of a riff off of what you're saying now that you brought this up and a riff off of something that i heard um but that after the truce you know they they had to keep people in the in the system right you can't let go of all these people some of these people can't handle reality is one of the things one of the principles or the ideas that they introduced in the first matrix you don't let you don't uh, awaken a mind once it gets too old yeah you know you they, it, it can't handle it so there are people who who will die if you leave them in the matrix but also like to a certain extent some of these people are like engineered by the matrix they're almost like you know clones right mm-hmm. so well and all of these key characters they're clones they're clones really if you if you think about it because neo's been the same neo over and over and again trinity's been the same trinity and morpheus has been the same morpheus so they, like they have to be they're, clones. they're they're being cloned yeah you know so in that respect what i think is happening is they've created this world because trinity dies in the third matrix right she dies at some point so neo wants to live his days with his woman so maybe as part of the truce he gets re-implemented into the matrix so that he could be with his love maybe you know and because the only thing that's left of her is a AI version of her in the matrix. And so maybe he's trying to get her out by recloning her on the outside that I don't know how true it is, but I like the idea of him living off his living his days, you know, reliving, trying to woo Trinity, you know, and that's just kind of Hmm. like a, almost like a groundhog's day kind of deal. Sure. He doesn't remember who he is. He doesn't realize he's the one. Mm-hmm. And he's he's trying to kind of reconnect, fall in love all over again with Trinity. And so I think that would be nice, but not the super cool, like, I'm a battery, free me from the system kind of deal. It's a little more romantic in that respect, but mm-hmm. which would, and if I think that's the case, and this is a little kind of a letdown, but then also like, where's the, all the action coming from? Like, why is this, why would this be, why, you know, because in the trailer, there's like kung fu and people jumping off of buildings, and you know, that was that was just not just guys mentioned that, you know, how you said you know, have that little pocket. I think what happened was my my theory is also that as you said that is that, let's say, that you can't reintroduce these people back into the matrix, right? So you put them in a pocket program where they they think they're still fighting the matrix. Oh, kind of like one oh. of the premises that they introduced and in, like one of the ideas that many people theorized with the first mm-hmm. matrix is that they're in a matrix inside a matrix inside yeah. a matrix. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which and I they, think is but, actually absolutely possible. That could be the outcome of this movie is you find out that they never defeated the matrix in the first place. Right. That's so that now they, suck. and then some people, and, and some of the people who are in there know they're in a pocket program. Yeah. And Neil, and Neil's mind has been wiped. They give him what he wants just to be with Trinity. And they're trying to reawaken him so they can start to fight all over again. Hmm. Could I don't be. Know. Could be. Because one of the things you do see is is that, and one of the ideas I, I, and the one of the reasons I think that they kind of reinsert him in the Matrix is because you see two Jacks. One is bigger and sitting above the area where the original Jack is. I don't know if you guys saw that, but there are visuals where there's a new version of the of a Jack, and it's much bigger, and it's higher up on the head above the other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So, yes, that did catch my eye. Yeah, it's so like more like, up here. Yeah. Then so, back of the neck type. Yeah. So that's an old yeah, Jack, yeah. and then there's a new Jack, and that's for a new connection. You know what I think the B plot of this movie is going to be? What is it? What's that? B plot is going to be Michael Myers breaks out yeah. of an insane asylum <laughs> and comes to town and starts killing people. And all of the original players, Neo and Trinity and, you know, all Mouse and switch and mouse. And they, they all come together and decide that they are going to exact vigilante justice upon Michael Myers. And they're going to spend the whole movie chasing him down with a baseball bat. And then Michael Myers is going to kill all of them. Um, again that's that's the b plot <laughs> i'm gonna have to say that if if uh the wachowski uh siblings track record has any kind of bearing on this if if this story ends up being better than what they have i'm gonna be real sad <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, i don't yep. think i don't think it could be worse uh I don't know. You know, I, uh, like you said, Michael Myers might show virtually, up. Virtually anything that they could have come up with will be better than that. You think so? Yes. Oh, man. Knock on wood, man. Don't tempt fate. <laughs> I'm going to show up this movie. I'm going to be real sad if it sucks, man. <laughs> Michael fucking Myers. Fuck you. <laughs> I'd be like, man, I wish Michael Myers would come in here and just fucking murder my ass. Just this murder me. Yeah, this movie. Knock my head clean from my shoulders. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Then you find out you're in the Matrix. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, man. So uh, I think we said our piece. You guys got any other uh, things you want to say or? No. I got no. nothing. I, I'm looking forward to this movie, man. But can't wait to see it. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank you for coming yeah. to the show or showing up or what would, what would be the word? You're, you're not actually here with me. Yeah, thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> thanks for signing on. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you thanks. go. Thanks for joining in yes. this virtual space. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Within the matrix. Within the matrix <laughs> yeah. of, of Zoom. Coming to you pre-recorded from the matrix the flow roll podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks so much for listening this is edgar Traves, not my cousin dan and cousin primo catch you later primo. Hey guys. <laughs> there you go
There you go. Stealing other people's shit. Cabrones. There you go. There you go. <laughs> The music you're listening to is called Fall in Line by Kill Rude. And you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And if you head on over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. Not my cousin Dan blew me away with his idea that Trinity is the new one. That is just crazy to me. So after we recorded this episode, I went and watched the trailers over again for Resurrection. And I think he's right. I think not my cousin Dan hit the nail right on the head. I think Trinity is somehow the new one. I guess we'll see what happens when Matrix Resurrections comes out on December 22nd. So I hope you like this episode. And if you did, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts at. Or Santa is going to put a coal in your stocking. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Edgar Otraves, under the name Edgar Otraves. You can follow Not My Cousin Dan, under the name Fantastic Sizzler. And don't forget to follow My Cousin Primo, under the name The Underscore Real Underscore Cousin Primo. And don't forget to follow the show on Instagram, under the name The Flow Roll. Now, if you like what you heard, and you want more, make sure you go to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can get plenty of our merch. Thank you so much for listening. This is Edgar Otra Vez. Behave yourselves. Laters. Hey, Edgar.